0: Mom's just come back from the hospital, and she's just not her same self. What the heck's going on? Stay tuned. You might be surprised. Hey, everybody. This is Nancy May from Doing It Best with Eldercare Success, and this is a wee spring brief. What are spring briefs? Well, spring briefs are short episodes that give you tips, tricks, resources, and ideas to get you through the long spring days, which can sometimes be a bit tough and challenging even for the strongest of us. So stay tuned and hang tight as we dive into this next spring brief. And yes, there is a better way. This episode is triggered by a conversation with somebody that I know who was dealing with an aging parent in her 90s who had been living in a care facility for a while and had a medical emergency that had gotten exacerbated to the point that At midnight, she was whisked off to the emergency room, kind of like Cinderella, except her prince was not waiting at the other end. But after she was considered ready for release by the doctor and taken off to rehab, the doctor was concerned about what he said she had as hospital-induced dementia or hospital-induced delirium. Now, This woman and her family were really upset about this because before being taken off to the hospital, she had no signs of any kind of mental cognitive issues, and they didn't know what to do. Well, let me first just sort of back up and explain what hospital-induced delirium is and that it can actually happen to people as young as their teens. First of all, it's kind of exactly what it sounds like there's some sort of mental disorientation or cognitive impairment resulting from being in the hospital for a period of time. It doesn't need to be long. If your parent is on Medicare or Medicaid, they will try and keep you there for at least three days. This is because after three days, you're eligible for rehab, which is pretty much paid for, well, depending on your coverage for as much as 100 days do double-check your insurance policy and your Medicare plan. That's important. But let's get on with the story. So why does this happen? First of all, studies have found that as much as 75% of people in some sort of intensive care unit have ended up with permanent or some form of mental changes as a result. Now, this can happen for a number of reasons, but doctors aren't entirely sure why. However, there are some notes of triggers that sort of bring this on or can bring it on, and let me share what those are. The first is a long hospitalization. As I said earlier, this can be as little as three or four days. Another trigger is medications and sleep aids. Let me first start with sleep aids. Sleep aids are not good for any of us in general, and please note, I am not a doctor, but this is just some of the things that I have found. And have stopped being used with my parents over the years. And it certainly made a difference in their lives and how they felt. But sleep aids are sometimes used in the hospital just to take that edge off. Or, in some cases, used as a chemical restraint in the hospitals. Now, that's not really considered the right thing to do, but it is a way just to take off anxiety, any fear of trips or falls or somebody getting out of bed especially if they need a little extra help. But that disorientation and just laying in bed all the time, or sleeping all the time and not on a regular schedule, can also trigger hospital-induced dementia. It doesn't even need to be a chemical restraint. Here's what happened to a friend of mine. She had to be hospitalized for a particular reason, and it was for a long period of time. Over a weekend, the hospital decided that she was a fall risk. And so instead of giving her medication to sort of chill her out, what they did is they put large bed rails on either side of the bed so she couldn't physically get out or climb over them, especially to go to the bathroom. Now, this is somebody who's my age, and having that sense of, I'll call imprisonment is totally demoralizing. On top of it, getting the support that she needed to actually get out of bed so she could go to the bathroom by herself or with some support was not available. So sadly, and she shared the story with me. She said, I soiled myself and nobody came to help me, even when I asked. Now, her husband, unfortunately, was also going through a medical situation in a totally different hospital. So neither was there to be of help to one another. And this situation for her is not something I would have ever wanted for myself either. Eventually, she did get some help, but that particular weekend, was beyond excruciating, not just because of her medical condition, but because of the sense of, I'll call it, dehumanizing of the situation. She did not end up with hospital-induced dementia, thankfully. Medications can also create some sort of dementia or disorientation. That includes anesthesia. It could be a blood thinner. It could be a new medication that your parent is not used to having in their body. Which creates a change or something that they just need to sort of balance out and get used to. As we all kind of know, anesthesia, that's a big one. And it takes a long time for anesthesia to get out of the body as well. The longer that you're under anesthesia as an older person, the more dangerous it becomes to your brain. And there are ways to make that a little bit more gentle. Another trigger is a dark room with no light. Yes, hospitals have lights. I'm not saying that that's not there. And those humming noises that sometimes you get from those overhead lights in the, in the ceiling, oof. I don't know about you, but I can hear those with, with headphones on, which I'm doing right now. <laughs> but in any case, it can become annoying and very disorienting for somebody. Even though there's a clock in the room telling you what time of day it is, you don't get a sense of really where you are. So it feels like a minute can take hours. It's kind of like Groundhog's Day all over again. You know, the whack-a-mole game? Also being poked, prodded, woken up, blood pressure taken, temperature taken, are you okay, making sure you're there, making sure you're not there, whatever the case, it's just overwhelming, especially if you're frail, not feeling well, and just want to be left alone. The other is having people around you you don't know. Shifts change daily, and you may have a nurse or a doctor there for eight hours, but the next day you have somebody else, or the next set of hours you have somebody else, or the next week you have somebody else. The inconsistency and the constant rotation of who's there asking the same question over and over and over again can not only become exhausting, but disorienting. So the other question is, can hospital-induced dementia become permanent? Well, apparently it can, but in most cases, it subsides. It may take a while to sort of get back to your normal routine, but routines are really important. And that takes me to, how do you avoid this? First of all, in this particular family's case, their mother going off to the ER at midnight by herself is not a good thing. They never even told the family that she had been taken to the ER till the following morning. That is an absolute no in my book. If mom or dad are in a care facility and something happens in the middle of the night, I don't care whether it's 1 a.m., 2 a.m., 11 p.m., midnight, whatever it is, you make sure that they are instructed to let you know when and if they have to call 911. Now, I was talking to somebody else that I know the other day. And they are a nurse in a care facility. And I said, what happens when your residents are taken off to the emergency room? Does somebody stay with them there at the hospital? Or are they left alone? She looked at me and gave me a scowl. And she said, no, we don't go with them. And sadly, they are left alone. Can you imagine your 90-year-old or 93-year-old or even 80-year-old mom being taken to the emergency room from a calm, warm room that they're familiar with, and being just dropped off at the ER in a cold bed, freezing, with lots of whirring lights and bustling around, and doctors not even knowing your name or even caring about you. Well, maybe they care. But there's so many others around who need help too. And if you're not a priority, that's it. You could be sitting there for a long time, alone, not knowing what to do, and unable to get up on your own. Just think about how that starts. If you are somewhere close or have a friend close by when an emergency like this happens, or even if they're in a care facility, make an arrangement to have somebody be there. If they're not a family member, that's okay. Just somebody who is kind, who is empathetic, who is gentle, who will hold their hand and calm their fears. That is the first step in helping to avoid hospital induced dementia. The other is once they're taken from the emergency room and admitted into the hospital, you want to create a familiar, calm, relaxing environment. That's not easy to do in a hospital, especially if they're in an intensive care wing or some other situation. But what you can do is make sure that you or another family or somebody that they know is always there with them, touch their hands. Hold their hand, have a conversation, and be engaging. You don't need to be a pita, or as I say, a pain in the you-know-what, where you're constantly chattering all the time. But having stories, or talking about things that they love, or things that you did that day that just creates a laugh or a giggle, or putting on some soft music. The phones are great for that one. Keep a schedule to as close to what they're used to as possible. If they get up at a certain hour, let them get up at a certain hour. If they're sleeping in too late, gently wake them up and bring them back into that schedule that they're used to. If breakfast is delivered too early, put it aside. If it gets cold, ask to have it heated up. Typically, this will take place when you ask and if you ask. The folks that work in the hospitals really do want to make sure that your loved one is comfortable. And they'll also watch out for you too, if you're kind to them. Understand that the fewer interruptions they have, the better. Now, a doctor doesn't need to come in, you know, every five minutes, or a nurse needs to come in every 30 minutes or every hour to make sure that things are working, that your blood pressure is going, that they need to check your temperature. There are ways that you can actually help with that. Ask to intervene yourself and how to do it. Now, they may say no, but if you keep saying, you know, I can do that for you, I can do that for you, it just takes one more thing off their plate and makes it easier for them and easier for those that you love and care for. And keep a regular sleep schedule or evening sleep schedule. Now, I said morning sleep schedule before, but time's important too. You want to make sure that they try to kind of get through the night without an interruption. Now, that's going to be hard because the nurses are going to want to come in or the orderlies who want to come in just to sort of check blood pressure, make sure everything is going again. But you can say no. Put a do not disturb on the side of their bed, or make sure, more importantly, that you're there and you can say no. In this case, no is a complete sentence. If they ask why, you take them outside and you have that conversation. So, that your loved one is able to rest and not worry about anything. As I said earlier about medications, avoid chemical restraints at all costs if possible. Drugs that are known to have higher risks for hospital induced dementia or delirium include antipsychotics, anxiety medications, opioids, which we kind of probably already know, and even UTI drugs. Surprise, surprise! The most important thing to help, really, is to never leave their side. It doesn't have to be you there all the time, but a family member or somebody that they're familiar with. My parents, mom and dad, never had hospital-induced dementia or delirium, ever. Dad, with every visit, always came back mentally strong, tired. I got to tell you that. It's not easy being in the hospital. It's exhausting laying there all the time. But even still, he came back mentally always strong. And that's because somebody that he knew, one of our aides, or my sister and myself, were always there by his side. He was never alone. There was somebody to answer the questions of the doctors, the nurses, and to make sure that he was well taken care of and could relax. The only time he was alone was when any of us needed to go grab a cup of coffee, take a break, and just get a little stretching going on ourselves. But he always knew we'd be back in five or ten minutes. That was important. We had a lot of fun, actually, during those hospital stays. And I have a number of recordings that the aide shared with me on. Stories that dad would tell, stories that we'd record and share with mom, and yes, even FaceTime with mom and dad. They loved each other dearly and missed each other terribly when they were separated. And always blew each other kisses on the phone. Even if mom couldn't seem too well on the phone, she'd say, I love you, Stu. And dad would always say, Love you too, hon. It was really wonderful to hear. And, and I love revisiting those photos and actually those little short videos. They're still good for my heart. So these are a few things that you can do to help avoid hospital induced dementia or at least. Put it aside. It was a little bit more difficult with mom because she did have dementia, but she never came out worse than she went in. And we were always doing the same thing for her as we did with dad. She was never alone, ever. And that final trip to the hospital, even when we thought she'd never wake up, when I arrived at her side after flying down from Connecticut, my sister as well from Oklahoma. We each took turns holding her hand and said, Mom, it's okay. I'm here. It's Nance. That one time she opened her eyes and smiled. She knew we were there. And with my sister, she said the same. Hey, Mom, it's okay. I'm here too. It's sinned. She also smiled, opened her eyes, and each gave us a little squeeze to her hand. She knew we were doing the right thing. Now, those were her final days with us, but she was never alone. And that's the point. When it comes to somebody being hospitalized for any period of time, to make sure that they're comfortable, they're getting the best possible care, and if you can do it at all costs, be by their side, have a friend by their side, have somebody that you pay at the very least to be there so they're never alone. Let them know that somebody cares. Somebody beyond the doctors, the nurses, the aides, the orderlies. Because hospitals are cold environments. They're not home. And you always want to make them feel that there's a sense of home no matter where they are. And home is where you are. So that's it for this episode of doing It best with elder care success. Hospital-induced dementia or delirium can be put aside if you just do a few little extra things. It'll make your heart better. It'll make them better too. And one more thing before we go. If you'll do me one little favor. If you like this show, share it with somebody that you love and you care for. You can even share it with mom and dad. And maybe another friend, relative, loved one, or stranger that you've met who says, taking care of mom and dad, I don't know what to do. Give them a link to the show. It's easy and it doesn't cost you a dime. It's especially good in this economy, right? Hopefully this will be your gift to them, because it's my gift to you. So that's it for another episode. We'll see you soon, or as I like to say, we'll hear you soon. Bye bye. This show is sponsored by Care Manity, the publishers of How to Survive 911 Medical Emergencies a step-by-step guide before, during, and after. For your own personalized free file of life, go to www.howtosurvive911.com. All trademarks, brands, and comments are not intended to be substitutes for medical, financial, or legal advice. Please consult a medical, legal, or financial professional for issues relevant to your own personal situation. This show is produced by Caremanity, LLC. All rights reserved. Caremanity, LLC.